All right, guys, and welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. It's time for the run it back from week 11. We're going to run it back from all the games from yesterday, see how we did, give you my thoughts on them. So let's dive right in. First game that we're going to cover, Arizona visiting Houston. Houston ended up winning this one 21-16. So technically, Arizona covered because I think the... Um, Point spread got to plus six for Arizona. When I picked them, it was plus five, so technically I'm on a push. But Houston won, and the under came on in as I predicted. Just like I said, guys, Houston continues their role. They found an identity in the running game with uh, Devin Singletary. Arizona's pesky. They hang around. But Houston off of those, a very surprising six and four record with three wins in a row. And next week, they get to face the Jaguars for the second time after they beat them earlier this season. And technically, they could be tied or take the lead in the division, actually. So, that's something I don't think we were ready to say at this point in the season with Houston. So, my hat's off to them. C.J. Stroud, he had 336 yards and two touchdowns. He did have three interceptions. Like I said, Arizona's defense is something to not be uh, necessarily taken too lightly. But the main thing I also kind of see with Arizona is there's no real threats at wide receiver. Their top wide receiver, and I say that in quotation marks, Marquise Brown, two receptions on four targets and 18 yards. That's not going to get it done. They need to get some stuff around Kyler. James Conner's okay. I don't know if he's your long-term answer at running back. I don't even know if Kyler's your long-term answer at quarterback because they're going to be picking close to the top. The problem is they gave Kyler a lot of money. So you have to trade them and you got to get something back for them. I don't know if that's going to be possible. They might. My gut kind of tells me that they might just try to build around Kyler a little further. But we could see. I don't know. Kyler's, uh, you know, doing okay. You know, uh, definitely scrambling around 51 yards on the ground with a touchdown, 214 yards in the air. They just need to get a little bit more weapons on that on that offense, guys. But Arizona's about where we thought they'd be this year. All right, moving right along. The Giants taking down Washington Commanders, 31-19. Tommy DeVito, three touchdowns? Get out of here. So that's all despite uh, DeVito getting sacked nine times, by the way. Hey, he didn't throw any interceptions. I told you guys that the Giants would keep this close. I did not like how big that spread got, especially for a division game. I hate any time that division games get that big of a spread, unless they're playing the Cowboys, of course. But, hey, they kept it close. We didn't expect to win. Defense had three interceptions on Sam Howell and two fumble recoveries. And Washington, really, I don't know what to really say about them. They've dropped the last two. They're 0-4 against the NFC East, and that... And they get to get ready to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving for the first time. So I'm guessing they're going to be 0-5 in the NFC East after that game. Uh, Sam Howell, day to forget. 255 yards, a touchdown, but like I said, three interceptions. Brian Robinson Jr. has definitely become the focal point of this offense. He's had 73 yards on the ground, 58 yards in the, uh, receiving. I'd like to see them get their, their wide receiver core definitely more involved. It feels like they have a lot more talent and potential in that in that pass game than it is what is happening. So, but needless to say, overall, not a very thrilling game for anybody to really pay attention to, unless you're a Giants fan, I'm guessing. All right, moving right along to another NFC East team, and that's 
the Dallas Cowboys taking care of business in Carolina like we thought, guys. 33-10. to Not ever really that close. Never was going to be. Carolina has no identity on offense. Their top wide receiver is Adam Thielen all the time. I like Adam Thielen. He just, I don't think he's going to be your answer at top wide receiver. So, main thing with this one, guys. Dallas didn't have an offensive explosion, but they didn't need it. They had six sacks. They had a pick six and a fumble. Now, let's just go for that on the pick six. So, Bryce Young, on his rookie season, has nine touchdowns and eight interceptions so far. Four of those have been run back to the house. So, Bryce Young kind of ticking away at, uh, you know, getting closer to that ever record. I think that was seven uh, pick sixes by Jameis Winston. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, Like I said, Carolina does not have a lot of offensive firepower. Bryce Young is struggling this season, which we thought he would. But these will hopefully be good growing pains. We'll have to see. They definitely need some more offensive firepower on that team. All right, next up, we got the Bears. Giving away the game to the Detroit Lions at the end and losing 31-26. to So, now, the one thing I'm going to say about this was, I was talking to a lot of people yesterday, and everybody was downtrodden and, and surprised that the Bears would give up a 26-14 lead with four minutes left to go in the game. I was not surprised. that This, this doesn't shock me with this team anymore, guys. The Bears, up 26-14... They give up a six-play, 75-yard drive to Detroit right away that takes about a minute off the clock with a deep pass to Jameson Jameson Williams. And then the Bears do this. They get the ball back, try to eat up some clock, so they run it twice, force Detroit to use two timeouts. Love that. Then they go for a deep pass. Now, Tyler Scott just barely missed it outside of his fingertips. I just am curious about the deep pass. I would think you'd maybe want to try to do short. Maybe try to get the first down. I get it. If that one is, it's definitely a dagger play. I just think maybe run it. Maybe short pass. Keep the ball moving. You know, or keep the clock moving, I should say. And force Detroit to use that last timeout. Then they're going to go down with no timeouts. But instead, Detroit gets the ball back, and they go 73 yards in about 2 minutes and 4 seconds. Take the lead, get the 2-point conversion, so it's a 3-point game. You're thinking, okay, maybe the Bears got 40 seconds left. Maybe they get a chance to tie it up with a field goal. No. Strip sack from um, Hutchinson on fields, and the ball gets booted out of the back of the end zone for a safety. I mean, really, guys, we saw Chicago put up a pretty decent game, especially took control in the third quarter. Fields, 169 yards in the air, 104 yards on the ground. DJ Moore definitely looked better with Justin Fields back. That's, I mean, I don't think you guys can argue anymore that Fields looks better than Tyson Bajant. He does. He just does. He's got more potential. I know the Bajant thing was a good story, but he's going to be a decent backup, hopefully, in this league. That's his ceiling. But, like I said, DJ Moore, seven receptions on nine targets, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, we saw Montgomery kill his former team with 70, 76 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And Amon Rod St. Brown ate alive the Bears secondary like he usually does for 77 yards. Detroit got the Packers up next on uh, Thanksgiving. 
The Bears get to travel to Minnesota and deal with that buzzsaw. But like I said, guys, no one should be shocked by the Bears giving up this game. And by the way, what are we trying to win this year? I mean, according to everybody that I talk to a lot, everybody really wants to keep get the draft pick high. Well, that's the way to keep the draft pick high is losing Detroit at the last couple minutes. Okay, moving right along. Next up, we had Las Vegas Raiders visiting Miami Dolphins. Okay, this one, once again, like I said, guys, the spread was way too high. And, of course, the Raiders in Miami proved me right on that one. So, we saw the uh, Miami Dolphins win this one 20-13. Um, O'Connell for the Raiders, 271 yards in the air, three interceptions. But they were in it towards the end. He just threw an interception to uh, Jalen Ramsey again to uh, finish the game. Miami. Here's the good things about Miami. Tua, 325 yards in the air, two touchdowns, not interception. Tyreek Hill continues this march towards trying to set uh, break the record, which he's on pace for just over 2,000 yards, which would break the record. He had 10 receptions for 11, on 11 targets for 146 yards. But Miami still has a problem. When they see a good defense, you know, when they see a semi-decent defense, they can't put up any points. Okay. And when they see a semi-decent team, they it's it's a way closer game than anybody thinks. Their offense sputters. They're not they're leaving a lot of points on the field, especially these last couple games. They left some points on the field against the Chiefs, and they left some points on the field against the Raiders here. So Miami, if you want to make noise in the playoffs, which I think you do, I think that's the whole point. I see the defense is starting to play better too for Miami, but you have to get those points on the board. They are putting up a lot of offensive numbers. Stats galore. Boom, boom, boom. Receiving yards, passing yards, rushing yards, all that. But they're not equaling into a lot of points lately like they were earlier on in the season. So I wonder if that's going to change. We'll have to see. But for right now, Miami's still the top of the N- or the AFC East. Pardon me. All right, let's go to the AFC North matchup in between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is exactly pretty much how you thought the game would go. 13-10, Cleveland, home team wins. Um, it, Pittsburgh, not shocked here, guys. Outgained again. So that's every game this season they have been outgained on, on offense. Every game. Doesn't matter. They're 6-4, and four, but they've been outgained in every game. Every game. Even every game that they've won, outgained. Kenny Pickett had 101 yards passing. 101 yards. Now, the run game did okay, which it had been doing the last couple weeks. Najee kind of fell back down to earth a little bit. uh, Warren had 129 yards on the ground, but he had a 74-yard breakaway touchdown. Pittsburgh's offenses continue to be the problem. Pittsburgh defense plays, plays well enough to keep them in the games. And usually if they're around, they usually stick around and try to win. But... I think it's official. If we weren't worried about Kenny Pickett before, we might want to be worried about him now. I don't... 101 yards in the air is not going to cut it. It's just not. If they think that they're going to be a playoff team, which I think the aspiration since Pittsburgh is to be a playoff team, I think they have the defense to be a playoff team. But this offense is is sad. It's really sad. And it has been sad. It's nothing new here. But Kenny Pickett... You know, kind of got challenged by Mike Tomlin this last week, too, to step up, and he didn't. Now, on the reverse side, Cleveland, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 
Much better game than his first uh, debut game against the Ravens earlier this year. He had 160 yards in the air. He had an interception. He did enough to win. And I think he did enough to keep this job going for a while, guys. I believe that the Browns did sign Joe Flacco. But I think you ride this kid to see what you got. I think in a couple years, you might be looking at that this kid might be a viable starting offensive quarterback in this league. I know it's a long stretch to stay after just two games. But he had a great college career. I think this kid's got potential. I think you leave him in. Cleveland's going to Denver up next. So they can further kind of make their marches to try to uh, see what they're going to be for a playoff team in this AFC picture as well. And Pittsburgh has the lowly Bengals coming to town. So, all right. Next up, we saw an AFC South matchup in between the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys. Jacksonville, total control of this game, 34-14. They were up 27-0 at one point. Yeah, they gave up some late touchdowns, but that really didn't matter. I mean, Tennessee, guys, I hate to say it here, but I think we're starting to see the Derrick Henry chapter close in Tennessee. He had 10 attempts for 38 yards. Now, I know that they were down, but they weren't down by that that much early on in the game. Supposedly, there was a trade in place for Derrick Henry at the trade deadline, and the voter, uh, the owner vetoed it down. I'm probably worried about the fans and what kind of money they could bring in for the rest of the year. But I fully expect to see Derrick Henry on a new team next year. I just do. It, it's. I think it's time. I think it's time for him to. He's still got some left in the tank. He'll probably go to a contender. I mean, supposedly the Ravens were trying to trade for him this year. And that would be a pretty devastating move for a lot of people in the AFC if the Ravens had Derrick Henry right now. And like I said, we saw Jacksonville get back on track. Sunshine, 262 yards in the air, two touchdowns, both to Calvin Ridley. And like I said, Jacksonville gets to show up against Houston next week and see if they can keep control of this division. All right. Then we saw the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, I should say, visit the Green Bay Packers. And Chargers, in Chargers fashion, uh, lose the game. So... They lost 23-20. to Herbert, 260 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen, another 10-reception game. That's He has three games this year. Out of the 10 games, he has three games with at least 10 receptions and three games with at least eight receptions. That's a pretty good tick for him. But the Chargers, like I said, fall to 2-5 and five in one-score games. And that's also 0 for 4 in games that are th- decided in three points or less. Yeah, I mean the Chargers when they're when they're clicking and they're beating it when they're beating you, they're beating you good. But when they're not, when it's a close game, they Chargers be the Chargers and they end up losing that game. Green Bay side, got a thought for you. I see, I'm seeing Jordan Love improve in the past game, and I think it just maybe it's just that's what this season's all about for the Packers. Just slowly watching Jordan Love improve. I think if they finish off at least uh, clicking in this direction, you're going to see LaFleur and Love both probably again next year in Green Bay. Give it one more chance. See what's going on. Because I'll be honest with you, if it continued going the downward trend, I didn't think you were going to see Jordan Love or... LaFleur next year. So I, I, it's trending that you're going to. I think LaFleur is buying himself another year. All right. Let's go out west. 
to where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Niners took this one down, guys, just like I thought. 27-14, to 14, so they covered. The only thing that they didn't do was get the over. It was 41.5. They got to 41. They had plenty of chances to go over, too. I, I thought it was going to happen, especially in the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay had a chance to climb back in this game a couple times. Had a long drive where they turned it, the ball over on downs on the San Francisco 12-yard line. Then they give it back to San Francisco. San Francisco punts it. You get an excellent return from Tompkins. Runs it back down to the San Francisco 13-yard line. And Mayfield throws an interception in the end zone. And that was pretty much it. San Francisco's defense uh, took a, you know took that took that part down. Brock Purdy did his uh, what he needed to do. 333 yards in the air. Three touchdowns. McCaffrey, 78 yards on the ground, 25 yards in the air with a receiving touchdown. It's unbelievable, guys. San Francisco only throws the ball to like five people. And it's good. I mean, it works. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. I think Jennings was targeted one time and he didn't have a catch. And McCaffrey, that's it. That's their offense. But that's enough to keep you going because you got to cover one of the four of them at all times. San Francisco took the lead back in the division because Seattle ended up losing and to get to uh, cushion themselves with a game against Seattle on Thanksgiving night. Now, speaking of Seattle, like I said, they ended up losing to the Los Angeles Rams 17-16. They were up 13-0, let the Rams claw back in. A lot of that had to do with Geno Smith being out for the majority of the fourth quarter. But Gino came back in with about a minute left. Gave the Hawks, uh, Seahawks hope with driving down and the, uh, giving them a chance to kick a last-second field goal, 55-yarder. Myers missed it, so Rams ended up winning this one. I guess there's a couple question marks to see if Gino's going to be playing Thursday against San Francisco. He's got a bruised bicep close to the elbow. Drew Locke came in, did not look that great, threw an interception. We'll have to see. Rams, I mean, they they did okay. They did okay enough to win. I mean, this wasn't an exciting game by any means. You know, we saw Stafford go 190 yards in the air, touchdown to Puka Nakua, who was the main receiver. The main uh, other thing that I saw in this game that was kind of shocking to me, Cooper Cup with the stat line of one reception. On one target for 11 yards. Ooh, I think we might be seeing the uh, the Nakua uh, era keep uh, gaining steam in L.A. as the Cup era might be slowly starting to flounder. But, needless to say, not a very exciting game. Up next, we had the Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Bills took control of this one, ran it, and never looked back. 32-6. to uh, Bills, not too much offense in the first half. They did have a touchdown. I think it was 16-6 to that they were up at half. And then they just ran away with it after that. So you saw Josh Allen do Josh Allen things. 275 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So he had another interception. But when you're putting up three scores in that offensive output, you can afford one interception. So I don't know if this Joe Brady era is going to be the way to go. We'll have to see. But the offense put up the points and the defense took care of business. 
Uh, pretty shocking scene for Buffalo again. So, and Taylor Rapp getting uh, taken away in an ambulance. I don't know the status of him, but, you know, that's always a scary thing when we see a Buffalo player get into an ambulance. It's uh, too close to comfort for all of us watching for the last couple years. But the other thing that I, I want to say on Buffalo is they're starting to find offensive output from not a guy named Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen, which is good to say. You saw James Cook. He's starting to click, guys, or cook, if you will. 17 attempts on for 73 yards on the ground, and he added another 29 yards in the air with a receiving touchdown. That's what you kind of need. You need a running back that can that can add to this team. The other one that I really like is this Shakir kid, the wide receiver. He is fast. They got to try to figure out a way to put the ball into his hands more often because he's definitely quick, and especially when he's on the move. So... 81-yard touchdown for him. I think if they can start to kind of get those two clicking in more, you're going to see this offensive output definitely move up. Stephon Diggs is still good. Dalton Kincaid is still good. And you're seeing him start to have a better games H&H game. This is what Buffalo needs to do. Spread the ball around more, not just make Josh Allen do all the work. Okay? But, needless to say, on the other side, I think we're seeing the end of Zach Wilson, guys. He got benched. Um, he did have a touchdown in this game late in the first half, but I mean, they had 155 yards of total offense and Zach Wilson had 81 yards of that. It's just not going to cut it. I think, I mean, Tim Boyle came in. He didn't look that great either. I, I think they have Trevor Simeon on this team and I think you go with Trevor Simeon next week. You just got to, I think this Zach Wilson experiments over. He just doesn't have it. And I don't know if it's Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if it's Zach Wilson. How about this? Hackett's play calling doesn't help Zach Wilson that much. I'm just going to say that. Zach Wilson is trying to run the offense that's made for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers runs this offense well. Zach Wilson does not. Okay? Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know how to probably do with Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's still trying to run around like he's playing at BYU. There, that, That's my thoughts on it. I think next week you're going to see Trevor Simeon in for this team. All right, and into the finally to the Sunday night game where we saw the Denver Broncos take down the Minnesota Vikings and in that five game winning streak, 21 20. Um, Broncos had plenty of opportunities to put way more points on this board. They got three turnovers from Minnesota and two of them in Minnesota's territory, deep in their territory. But they just couldn't put a lot of offense together. But they put it together a touchdown when it counted, when they needed it, at towards at the end of the game. And that's what that's what did it. That was enough to make it work. They did they missed on the, the two point conversion to try to go up by three. But you know what? Denver's defense is keeping them in these games. Three turnovers, and they held tight against Minnesota when it counted. They made them kick a field goal one time. They got a fumble one time, and they held them to turnover on downs in the last drive of the game for Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't have that much to worry about. Dobbs is continuing to look good. 221 yards in the air, a touchdown, but a couple turnovers, like I said, interception and a fumble. The one thing that I did notice about Minnesota, their running game was looking good yesterday, guys. 81 yards from Madison and 73 yards from Chandler. They gotta keep that moving. I think that's gonna help. You know, Dobbs can add a little bit of scrambling too on the ground. This is the other thing too. I think probably by a week from this today, when the Vikings play the Bears, 
I'm probably going to say it. You're probably going to see Justin Jefferson back in the game. And if this team can get Justin Jefferson back too, yeah, some teams are going to be in trouble. I Minnesota is still in the wild card hunt, and I think they're going to stay in the wild card hunt. And they also, by the way, guys, have two games left against the Lions this year. Minnesota's going to stick around. Their defense is playing better. And I think they're going to, they can make some noise to try to win this division, possibly. To get into the playoffs, that I think is a high likelihood now, guys. All right, let's go to it, guys. The game this evening. Philadelphia Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs. Love it. Love it. Great Monday night game. Got a little Super Bowl rematch. Got a lot of stuff, especially when you got these two high-powered offenses meet. Both have good defenses. Here's Here we go. Here's my pick. I'm taking the Eagles for a little revenge game in this one, guys, especially because it's a regular season. I like the Eagles to win. I like So that means I like the Eagles to cover the uh, two and a half. And I like it to go over 45 and a half. I know they got both good defenses, but they got some offenses that can score too. On the ground and in the air. All right. Let's go over some props that I like, guys. Now, this is like a, a game when the I got two offenses like this that I can just go starry-eyed with all the props that I like. So I, I, I kept it controlled. I just did a few things for you. I'm going to just give you give you the cliff notes, if I will. So, Jalen Hurts over one and a half passing touchdowns. That's at plus 114, guys. That, I feel, is the biggest lock of the game. I've already put money on it. You should put money on it. All right. If you like touchdown scores, I'm sure there's going to be a few in here. These are the ones that I that, that looking at the odds, these are the ones that I like the best. Rasheen Rice, touchdown score, plus 235. I like that. He's starting to make some noise in that wide receiver core of Kansas City. Next up, A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown, plus 135. I like that one too. A.J. Brown's got a touchdown streak going. I think he's going to continue going with what he's got. All right. Very finally, a little parlay action for you because I know you guys love it. A.J. Brown, sixty at least 60 yards receiving. Devontae Smith, 50-plus yards receiving. Rasheen Rice, 40-plus yards receiving. And then Valdez Scantling, over one and a half receptions. Yes, just two catches. That's all he needs. That little parlay gives you a plus 455. That's with no boost, guys. Hey, that's a four-legger that could definitely happen. And you can even tweak it a little bit if you want. But that's one that I definitely like. All right, guys. Thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast. Tomorrow, we'll run it back from this excellent game. I'll give you my power rankings. Who's going to be in the top spot of the power rankings? Because the Eagles and Chiefs, one and two right now. Who's going to be the top after this? Because this will decide it. All right. Thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. But I am out.